Well, good morning once again. Great to be with you in your home. This is awesome. One church in many homes, it's just awesome. So right where you're at, right where you're at, no matter what's going on in your household, no matter what's happening right now, just say this out loud after me. Say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. One more thing, just say this, I am protected. The title of my message this morning is Surrounded. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today that your presence, Lord God, knows no time nor space. It moves right from this place into the homes of your people all over this city, all over this state, all over this country, and possibly all over the world. We give you praise and glory for it today, Lord God. Minister to these people, Lord God. Anoint me now, Lord, because I don't have much to say outside of your anointing, Lord God. We don't need man's wisdom. We need the wisdom of Almighty God. So we ask for the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God to come upon us now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ to minister right through the lens of those cameras or right into the homes of your people in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody said amen and amen. I want us to look at today at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse number 1. Some of you may have your Bibles there present with you. You might have an iPad handy. You can just pull up your Bible app and go along with us. If not, maybe you'll just trust me to speak the word today. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse number 1. It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. At this point in time, Jehoshaphat had known nothing but peace in his kingdom and he wakes up in just one moment of time and his world is turned upside down. Just like that, he wakes up to the news that he's being surrounded by his enemies. No way to get out of the situation. I want to stop right here and say, isn't that how maybe you've been feeling as of late? Surrounded by the news reports that are going on in the world. Surrounded by the threat of this virus they call coronavirus. Seeming like, like things were just going just fine. Just 30 days ago we were hearing that it was in China. But now here it is in America. And now we're faced with our enemy, if you will, that has surrounded us and, and there's no way to go and they're closing this business and closing down that city and, and closing down these things and so on and even the church and, and at a point where you're going, where can we run, where can we hide and there's nowhere to go. Maybe you feel like you've been surrounded today. My, my spiritual son who pastors a church uh, called me yesterday. We had a great conversation and he brought up an incredible point to me and he said, you know, pastor, did you realize that the word corona actually means crown?" It actually means crown. I guess I never thought about that before. And we started talking about it going back and forth and talking about how the crown is always symbolic of authority because when the, the king wears a crown, it's like a badge of the police officer saying, I'm in charge, and whatever I decree is going to go down. I'm the one who has total authority. And it's almost as if this coronavirus, this thing that thinks that has been crowned with authority, has been fed by something. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I'm hearing some amens through the camera. Praise God. And I will tell you this, that what makes this thing gain more ground and have more authority and take more territory, as the kings of old would always want to do, is to take more territory because it believes it's been crowned. It has a mandate to do so. It, it, it happens this way. It, it swells with its own pride, and, and it gets more authority by the fear that it generates from the people. But if we'll set our hearts and minds and not be afraid, come on somebody. 
and we'll do it God's way and understand that power, love, and a sound mind he has given us and we got nothing to be afraid of. And if God, the Bible says, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Now, I preach a little bit on Sundays. Now, on Thursday, I'll do a Bible study. We'll be calm like this. But on Sunday, I got to preach this word today. Praise God. But now, look what it says. It says this, they came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Why does that stand out, Pastor? To me, it stands out. Because they had surrounded the enemies. Three different tribes came together to knock out Israel. They had surrounded Israel. But the news was they came against Jehoshaphat. Isn't that like the devil coming against you and I? Notice that when the enemy comes in, he's attacking the whole world. But when it got to America, it got personal. And now here you are in a place in your life where you feel like you got these feelings of isolation, like you're all by yourself and, and you're alone. And my immune system, I had deficiencies and I've had some problems with my health and I've got some elderly parents or maybe you are elderly and you're watching me and you're very much afraid. Now all of a sudden, the battle becomes personal. But we serve a personal almighty God. And the Bible says you're not alone. Come on, somebody. If I make my bed in hell, God said I promise to be with you. I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. God is with you right now. His angels are surrounding you right now where you're at. Look at verse number 2. Again, it says, it says this. Then son, some came and told Jehoshaphat. Just underline that real quick. Then son, some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea. Hasn't corona come from beyond the sea? Even from Syria. And they are in Hazazan Tamar, which is in Gedi. Notice that verse 2 said this. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying. Isn't it interesting how people just can't wait to give you bad news? It's an interesting thing that they can't wait to tell you what's going wrong. Oh, did you hear the latest, what's happening? Did you know what really is going on? Did you hear what's being spread all over Facebook and everywhere else? And they start telling you all the bad news. Why? Because bad news sells. Here's what I got to tell you. If it sells real good, quit buying it. Don't buy the bad news. Don't buy the negative report. The Bible says, whose report shall you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Get yourself some Bible inside of you. This is not a time to be turning the news on. It's time to turn the presence of God on in your life and get the word of God as precedent in your life and start knocking back the demons of hell with the word of the living God because everything submits to the word of God. God said, I put my word above my very name. If you do what the word of God says, it'll build faith inside of you, disperse fear, relinquishing the authority of corona in your life. My wife and I were told uh, years ago, honey, we were told years ago that uh, when we wanted to have a child and she was examined and, th and they said, you know, you're not going to be able to have a, a, a child uh, right away. This may take some time for you. And even if you do conceive, there's a high chance of miscarriage because my wife had some things in her body that didn't cause her any harm. It wasn't anything that was, was anything that was going to make her die or anything like that. But there were some things in her, her uh, female system that was going to make it very difficult. We were just at that point, we were just coming uh, around to the things of faith. We actually just, I personally just got saved. I mean, we're dedicating my life to the Lord. And now, 
We are beginning to walk by faith and not by sight. We're learning the principles of the kingdom of God to walk by faith. And so she came back at the report and told me what the doctor said. I said, here's what we're going to do. We respect the doctor, but we respectfully decline that report in Jesus' name. We are going to believe the report of the Lord. The Bible says, by his stripes, you're healed. And so no matter what God's got to do, that's not my business. That's only God's business. I don't have to tell God how to do what he's got to do. My job is to stand, speak the word, pray, and believe, and God will do the ultimate rest and so we i laid hands upon her i said you're gonna get pregnant you're gonna you're this and we begin to prophesy together and and hold hands and agree that she would have a child what'd you do next pastor the bible says to walk by faith what is faith it's more than believing it's an action step are you fooling with me today praise the lord and I said, she said, she said honey what are we gonna do from here i said we prayed and we believe she said what are we gonna do i said we're gonna practice and, and, and the Bible don't say this, but practice does make perfect. Hallelujah. Hey, you have to walk by faith. Amen. We fully anticipated and expected she would become pregnant, and she became pregnant, and she carried that baby the full term with absolutely no issues, no problems whatsoever, no complications whatsoever. My son is now going to be 30 years of age. He's a preacher. You just saw him here a moment ago preaching the gospel. Come on. Let me make this statement you got to beware of the voices that you allow to speak into your life. Let me say that again. You've got to be careful of the voices that you allow to speak into your life. I always say this. Have you earned the right to speak to me in that way? There are many different voices that are out there today. we got a plethora of them because of the Internet. And I like the fact that we're able to hear different voices. Somebody might hear mine. Praise God. But we have to be very careful that we don't allow ourselves to become vulnerable to people who have not earned the right to speak into your life, that have not heard the voice of God, but instead have prophesied their emotions and their feelings about the matter. Be very careful. In other words, you want somebody, come on, that's been in the arena of faith, that's gotten the, the rewards of victory, that have come from hell and back and said, here's how you do it, that have earned it by their longevity and their character and the character of their words because their words have weight, because their words carry the fruit of their life. I'm looking for somebody who's got fruit to talk to me. Not somebody who's got a computer and a keyboard. Somebody say amen. We had a woman in our church, and she may be watching, and I will not embarrass her by saying her name. Sweet lady, great Christian, solid Christian woman. And uh, she'd wrote me. She was in the church in Beloit for years. I think she's still there, as a matter of fact, she is. And, um, and she called me. She said, I trust your word, Pastor. She said, she said um, would you speak to me? Because there's a lot of things out there right now, and there are prophets that are saying run for the hills and get out of town and all that kind of stuff. My first thought was, where are we going to run from? We've been surrounded. We need a miracle of God here. And God's about to give us a miracle, but we got to trust him. And I calmed her down and said, don't listen to that stuff. That's not the report of God at all. Begin to give her the word, uplift her spirit. Come on, somebody, and tell her that everything's going to be all right. Because guess what? Everything is going to be all right. That's the word of the Lord. This thing is going to pass. I want to give you this. Verse chapter, uh, chapter, same chapter, verse 3, verse 4 says this. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. And proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. Everybody say Judah. Judah simply means praise. So he proclaimed a fast throughout praise. So Judah praise gathered together to ask help from the Lord. Did you know that our God is an ever-present help? 
in times of trouble, that if you call upon him, he'll answer you and show you great and mighty things. Do you know you've got one scripture after the other? The Bible's replete with scriptures on that God is our mighty refuge, that we can run to him and find safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and those who run into it will be safe. Somebody say amen. And so we know that if we ask help of God, God will come on the scene. And from all the cities, the Bible says here, of Judah, of praise, they came to seek the Lord. Everybody say seek. Look, fear is not good. Fear is not of the Lord. But I found something about fear. It can motivate you. Fear will motivate Jehoshaphat and the people of God to seek the Lord on a brand new level. Jesus said, he said, if you ask, you will receive. If you knock, the door will be open. If you seek, you will find. Come on, somebody. If you ask for bread, will he give you rock? If you ask for fish, will he give you a serpent? If you ask for an egg, will he give you a scorpion? No. But if you'll ask, you receive. If you'll knock, the door will be open. And if you seek, if you seek, you will find. I wonder if we got some seekers watching me this morning. Seekers that won't cave under pressure. Seekers that know how to get before the throne of God and hang on until the answer comes. Seekers that watch. Seekers that watch and pray. Seekers that will humble themselves before God and cry out and spare not. Seekers that will not stop seeking and asking and knocking until breakthrough comes. We got to know that we have been called of God with authority to stop this thing if we're true chronic seekers of the almighty God in his word. Father... In the name of Jesus this morning, we declare, Lord God, with all the people that are watching us in their home, we mingle our faith together with our other brothers and sisters from all the churches that are online across America and the world. We declare your goodness over America. We declare that coronavirus has got to bow its knee this morning in the name of Jesus, that the crown be broken, that the crown fall from its head, that its authority be stripped now, that a faith of your people begin to rise, Lord God. And we begin to take authority now in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of the Lamb over every single child of God watching us right now. And no weapon formed against us will prosper this morning, Lord God. And death has got to pass over our homes. We shall not be afraid. Let a supernatural boldness and courage envelop your people this morning, we pray. In the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody shout, yes. Yes, yes. Woo, I feel the power of God. We've got more people of God that are praying in this land than it ever before. Fear is not of God, but it can motivate us to get back to what we need to be doing with priorities back in God, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and seek, and seek, and seek my face. The Bible says I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin. If they turn from their wicked way, I'll hear from heaven. I forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Oh God, let it be so I pray. Let healing now, Lord God, fall and move across this entire nation. Across Milwaukee, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Verse 5 and verse 12 says this. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah, praise, and Jerusalem. Jerusalem means peace. He stood in the assembly of praise and peace. 
praise and peace in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not might, power and might, so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God? who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever. And they dwell in it. And have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, watch this, watch this. He's saying, God, you're mighty. God, you're all-powerful. If we can't look to you, we can't look to nothing. And then we built a sanctuary in your name. And you said this, watch this. If disaster comes upon us. Are you listening to me? If disaster comes upon us, if the sword comes upon us, sword means war. If a war comes upon it, if judgment comes upon that's when we sin and we're not asking God to forgive us and as a result, the judgment of God comes. If pestilence comes upon pestilence means what? Viruses and diseases. Or if famine comes, that means recession or depression. When it comes upon us, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple. And what are we supposed to do? Here's what the people, this is the people of God's responsibility. And cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and you will save. That's good gospel news for somebody right now. Our job is to cry out to God in affliction when the sword comes, when the pestilence comes, when the famine comes, when disaster comes we don't mimic what the new we're not pro, uh, prognosticators of the news we are people that are supposed to speak the word of God to the situation and now here are the people Amon Moab and Mount Seir this is his, him talking to God this is his prayer whom you would not let invade Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt you know he's getting a little snarky now he's getting a little snarky now he's he's starting off good God you're all powerful God, you're awesome. God, when we pray, things happen. Hallelujah. But you know, I want to remind you, you know, we had an opportunity to kill them a long time ago, and you wouldn't let us do it, so I'm going to kind of go ahead and blame you on this one. This one will chalk this up on you, Lord. You know, we get like that. We want to play the blame game. God, you know, I wasn't ready for this, right? I didn't know this was going to happen to us, right? He said, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, the enemies, Surrounding, or in other words, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession. I want you to get your prophetic ears on now. They're coming to throw us, your people, out of your possession, which you have given us to inherit. I'm here to tell you, there are empty rooms just like this all across America in churches right now. This is not good. I'm excited that we can come in your home. I thank God that the Lord put it in my heart months back to go online. I didn't know this was going to happen. I thank God he don't have to explain anything to me. Just do what he asks and do it. And the church came together and paid for it, and now we can do what we're doing right now, praise God. But my point to you is this, is that this is not God's best. Empty sanctuaries. We're supposed to be assembling ourselves together even more as we see the day approaching. So this is kind of a default plan that will work for this season. But the enemy knows if he can keep us away from each other, one can put a 1,000, but two can put 10,000 to flight. He knows that there's power in our agreement when we come together, when we come together. The Bible talks about that. And so I see here prophetically that the devil has surrounded us to do what? To throw God's people out of his possession. God's possession is his church. 
That's the reason why Jesus came into the world to establish the church to preach his gospel and the kingdom that it may spread into all nations and to be preached. So this morning, there's a direct assault against the house of God and God's precious possession. you got to take this serious. How long are we going to put up with this nonsense? Oh, our God, it says, will you not judge them? Now he's getting back. Oh, God, you got to do something. For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. We've got no power against them, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. I'm so grateful that they kept their eyes on him because ultimately he gets a plan. But watch this, church. That's what the devil wants you to feel, that you are powerless in this situation. You are powerless against him. Jehoshaphat felt totally unprepared for what was to come. Again, he only knew peace. He didn't know this day was going to happen. In 24 hours, everything shifted in his life, and he woke up to a problem that he was unprepared to overcome. I want to say this this morning. You may have been unprepared, but God. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. God will open a door for you that's never been expected before. God will favor you in spite of any loss you had. I don't care if it's a job, health, whatever. God will deliver you even in the midnight hour. Come on, somebody. God's about to turn it around. God will cause you to abound in the blessing just because he's God all by himself. Everybody say, but God. You see, there's a God factor in all of this. Look at verse number 13. Now all Judah prays. With their little ones, their wives, and their children stood, stood before the Lord. Everybody say stood. The Bible says, when you've done all to stand, stand therefore. He required that all of them got together, the wives, the husbands, and the little kids. You got the little kids right now around the TV set probably bugging you. But they're there, praise God. And they're, they're all called to stand in the presence of God. Stand is a posture. It's saying we will not sit down. We will not sit down. The Bible again says, when you've done all to stand, stand therefore. If you've done all you can do and you still feel unprepared, don't worry about it. Just go ahead and make your stand. Church, it's time to make a stand for God and his word and not ever back down. God told Moses, I know you're going through stuff right now. I know they're looking at you like you've lost your mind. I know it looks like you're up against the Red Sea and here comes Pharaoh coming after you to take you back into bondage. But if you will just stand still, if you will just make a stand, you shall see the salvation of the Lord this day, says the Lord. How many knows God opened those waters up and they walked across on dry ground and the only thing that got killed was their enemy once and for all. I'm here to tell you, if you'll get bold and you begin to make a stand and have you and your children grab hands today after this little service, we're going to have communion together and we're going to make a stand. The Bible says I sought for a man. I didn't want judgment to come upon the land, but I looked for somebody who would what? Sit in the gap? No, but stand in the gap. Who's going to stand up for God? Position themselves in the midst of the gap of the wall and say, devil, you're not going to attack my family. You're not attacking my city. You're not attacking my business. And you ain't going to attack my church. I stand in the gap. Hallelujah. You know, soldiers back in the day, they they would have spikes in their shoes. The Roman soldier had spikes in their shoes. 
in order to do battle with the right cleats. Why? Because if you got knocked down, surely you would have a, a higher chance of being killed. But if you could stand your ground, and the spikes went down, that's why the Bible says, says to us through Paul the apostle, he said, you're, like a, you're a good soldier of faith is what you are. You're a soldier of faith. you got orders to carry out. And now you've got to make sure that you have the armor of God in your life. One piece of the armor of God was to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Hold your peace. Have your feet grounded in the peace of God's word. Come on. That surpasses all understanding. So when the enemy comes, he surely cannot knock you down. I'm preaching pretty good right now. I'm going to have to re-listen to the live. Hallelujah. This is good stuff. Verse 14 says this. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. Thank God for the spirit of God coming on somebody. Hallelujah. The son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And this prophet said, listen, all you of praise, Judah, and you inhabitants of peace, Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, we don't need, listen church, we don't need another news report. We don't need another prognosticator. We don't need anything else. What we need is a thus says the Lord. What is God saying? I want to stand as a prophet in this day. Don't you in your own family, in your own right, want to stand as a prophet and say, thus says the Lord. I know the direction of God. I know what God's saying in this hour. He's wanting to speak. He's wanting to give strategy. Do not be afraid. The first thing he says is don't be afraid. I know the natural inclination is to be fearful, but do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but the battle is the Lord's. What distinguishes a battle not being yours, but the Lord's? Have you ever thought about that before? What distinguishes, say it again, what distinguishes a battle not being yours, but the Lord's? It's the battle that you feel you are unprepared to fight. It's a battle too big for you to win without God. It's a battle that needs the supernatural attention of God to show up for you to have the victory. It's the battle where only God can get the glory. Who's ready to give God some glory in this moment in time? The whole world may be shaken, and you can't stop the shaking, and I can't stop the shaking because it's of God. God didn't send the virus, and God's not going to send any other garbage that's coming down the line. The devil's got planned for the future, but I can tell you this. He'll use it to shake people, to bring them back to him without a doubt, and that way only when it's gone, only God can get the glory. Ooh, hallelujah. Now, here's the, the coming strategy he gives. Verse number 16. Here you go. God will always give you a plan. He said, tomorrow. Everybody say tomorrow. tomorrow. When? Tomorrow. tomorrow. While you and me get worried about today, God's already made plans for your tomorrow. I feel like preaching this right here. This is in my spirit. Praise God. I'm going to say that again. While you are reeling about today, God's already made plans about your tomorrow. And when did God make plans about your tomorrow? Yesterday. I just blew your mind right there, praise God. Because the Bible says he knows the end from the beginning. Hallelujah. And this, this, the Bible says this is the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. Past tense. 
He's already made my plan. He's already made my provision. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. Why am I glad? Why am I rejoicing? Because God, before I ever got to today, today, yesterday, already made my plan for today. And if I got it today, then I know I got a future and I've got a hope for tomorrow. Come on. I can't say that again, so that's it. You got that? That's all I can do right there. Praise God. That was tough. He said, the Bible says, go down. The prophet said, don't go down against them. Okay? They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Isn't that good news? Because what can we do anyways, right? It's an unseen host. We can't see it right? We don't need to fight in the battle. What's he say next? Position yourselves. Position yourself. What is our position? Our position is always, will always be faith. The name of our church is faith builders. My job is to build your faith. Why? That's our position. Faith sees the impossible. Faith moves the mountains. Faith creates a new reality. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. Have you positioned yourself in faith this morning rather than in what the world says, which ultimately is a position of fear? Then he says this, position yourself, stand still. Quit worrying. Stand still. Another one I want to say, I said on Thursday night, shut your mouth. If you can't, the, my mother used to teach me, if you can't say anything good, don't say nothing at all. Did y'all grow up like that too? My mother would whoop my behind, boy. I got negative shoes. I'm done that. I hated summers. Summertime, I don't know why I'm telling myself right now. I, mean, I love summertime. I did. I love hating. I had a good time. But summertime was rough on me. I say me, but actually probably more on my mother because I would be always acting up and my mother had every opportunity. See, I was in school. She couldn't get me. But at home, come on, somebody, that belt was swinging. Hallelujah. And she wouldn't even shut the windows when she'd whip me. Praise God. And so you, you, didn't, you didn't have air conditioning. So you had the windows up. You'd be getting a whipping, and everybody in the neighborhood would hear it. <laughs> it wasn't funny then. Hallelujah. Where was I? Oh, stand, stand still and take your whipping. Praise God. <laughs> shut your mouth. You ain't got nothing good to say? Don't say it at all. Because there's power in your words. Power in your words. And then he says this, and see the salvation. Position yourself, faith. Stand still, be quiet, don't worry. And then see the salvation, the deliverance of the Lord who is with you. Oh, praise, Judah. Oh, peace, Jerusalem. God wants you to keep your praise so you can keep your peace. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go against them for the Lord is with you. The prophet said, do not fear or be dismayed. That just simply means do not be afraid and do not allow yourself to become discouraged. I see so many people in their faces. I can see discouragement. If you looked at it, two words, discouragement, because that's what discourage is. It means to be discouraged. In other words, it's something that takes the courage from you. I'm a man like anybody else. I have a family. I want them well to be well. I, I want them to be okay. I got a grandchild. I want them to be healthy. I have a wonderful church full of people that I love so very much. I want them to be 
healthy. I have a family, my mom, my dad, my sister, my, my, my mother-in-law, Rosemary, and, and Tina, Tammy, and John, and their children, and, and their grandkids. I want everybody to be healthy in, in, my, in the natural, right? And if I go with that place and I start to begin to worry, see, sometimes we think worry means we love. But in worrying, actually, we're actually diminishing our courage. What they need is for us to stand strong. And begin to say, thus says the Lord, that God can begin to make a pathway of healing, a pathway of safety and protection. That's how God operates. So I find myself, in order to get discouragement out, i got to get back to the word of God. I've got to get back to declaring what God has said and praying and praying and praying. Hallelujah. Verse 18 says this, And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the heavens of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Hallelujah. Then the Levites and the children of the Kohathites uh, and all the children of the Korahites stood up, against, uh, stood up uh, to, to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, praise, and inhabitants of Jerusalem, peace. Believe in the Lord God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. This is craziness. They're, they're dealing with a natural enemy, a natural threat. It has surrounded them. They can't get around it. They can't get past it. Everything has changed now. Peace to panic and worry if they let it. And God doesn't give them instruction. I'm going to come upon your mighty men. I'm going to get the soldiers out there, and we're going to defeat them. Don't worry. I'm, I'll put my hand upon them. That would be great. But he says, that's not, this is not your battle. That's how you fight. And sometimes I'll anoint that. But the battle that you're in right now, when you've been surrounded and there's no way out, and you're unprepared to fight, don't worry about it because it's not about you. It's about me. It's my battle. And so the preparation I'm going to give you is not with a sword or with a javelin or an arrow. My preparation is get the praise and worshipers out there. Get a praise in your mouth. Get a worship in your mouth. And as you worship me, I'm going to do something supernatural for you. Now when they began to sing and to praise under faith, all they're doing is by faith. The Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon. Uh, Moab and Mount Seir who had come against Judah or come against their praise and they were defeated. Church just when you thought you were surrounded on all sides by your enemy and could see no way out that's when they began to praise and that's when you need to learn to begin to praise their praise set an ambush against their enemies. Their praise surrounded their enemies so what looked like, come on somebody what looked like it was them being surrounded God had another plan in mind when you feel overwhelmed praise him anyways when you feel besieged praise him anyways when you feel surrounded by fear and bad news praise him anyway it might look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like the devil has had the last left, left and it surrounded me and there's no way out. But the truth is God has surrounded him and surrounded me. I am protected like a shield. His favor protects the righteous like a surrounded him like a shield, the Bible says. Elisha, the Bible says in, in, in his, 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 uh, his, his man, his right-hand man. His 
armor bearer, if you will, the one who came to wash his hands. And they woke up in the morning, and Elisha was already up. But, but, but when Gehazi, his servant, woke up, he woke up, and like the same thing with Jehoshaphat, sometimes like us, he woke up with the bed in peace, woke up, and could see with his physical eye all around him were the armies that were against not only Israel, but against Elisha himself. They were coming to kill Elisha. And it freaked Gehazi out. Completely freaked, freaked out the servant of the man of God. And he said, he said uh, Lord, don't you see? Don't you see? We're going to die today. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? That's like we feel sometimes. What are we going to do? What we should do? What should, let's buy toilet paper. Let's buy toilet paper. Because that will save us, praise God, from any diarrhea that we may have as a result. It's a crazy thing. It's like a feeling that people have of control. I'm going to control this, and therefore it makes me feel better. It's got nothing to do with anything. Am I right? <laughs> and what are we going to do? Gehazi, I said. He said, Lord, open his eyes. You have to understand, he don't get, Elisha's chill, y'all. He is chill. He's not excited. He's not freaking out. He's not going, oh, no. Yeah, I do, but let me tell you, I'm going I'm to I'm try to go through the word of God just so I can lift up my own spirit with faith. He doesn't do any of that. He just said, Lord, lift his eyes. Open his eyes that he may see what I see. And when God opened the eyes of Gehazi, what did he see? He saw an army of angels, flaming chariots of fire that were surrounding him and the man of God, keeping at bay the wicked one and the enemy. There was a supernatural war that is going on. And what happens, the devil thinks we're trying to fight, tricks us, tricks us to make us fight the natural war. This is not natural. This is supernatural. You may think or look like you've been surrounded, but you've been surrounded by God for your protection. Everybody say, I'm surrounded by God and his angels. They shall bear me up lest I dash my foot against a stone in Jesus' name. You are surrounded. You are protected. Let's finish this up. Verse 23. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir. Uh-oh. To utterly kill and destroy them. I don't know if you caught that or not. When they begin to praise, oh, God, we worship you. God, you're, you're worthy of praise in spite of what we're going through. As they begin to worship and praise God, the Lord set an ambush against them. What was the Lord's ambush? He caused confusion amongst the enemy. And the enemy began to implode. It was something that began to happen in the midst of them until they got something happened. They began to fight each other. I don't know if they thought they were Israel. The Bible doesn't say that. Or if they just started having arguments with themselves. Whatever happened, they began to fight each other and begin to kill one another. As the people of God simply praised and maintained their peace. Okay? And, um, and when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. So when... Judah, praise, came to a place overlooking the wilderness. They looked toward the multitude, and there were their dead bodies fallen on the, on the earth. No one had escaped. Their enemies were totally destroyed. Can I prophesy? As we praise and worship God, not just this church, please, I, no. I'm talking about the church the, of the living God across this planet, 
across this world, as we begin to walk in faith, as we begin to worship and praise our God and pray, what is happening? It's causing this thing, this virus, to implode. And the day will come, we will look out, and it will be no more. Hear the word of the Lord. Watch this. No one escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry when they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days carrying, gathering the spoil because there was so much. Isn't that powerful? So the battle was the Lord's. There was something unique. There was, there was, a, there was, a, there was a treasure literally, but also spiritually, that was about to take place, but Israel could not see it. we got to get excited that God knows his business and God knows what's about to come. We've got to begin to declare that, that there is a dynamic in the demonic. There is a deliverance in the dilemma, and there is a promise in the process. Keep your faith. Keep your praise. Keep your thanksgiving. Stay plugged into the word of God. Listen to your pastor. Stay plugged into the church. Make sure you follow us on social media while all this is going on. Oh, can't you see it? We're going to come back and oh, what a day it's going to be. We're going to rejoice and act like we lost our minds. But don't lose your focus in this season. What if they shut us down? So what if they shut us down? Thank God you got a roof over your head. Praise the Lord. I know you got all the food because I can't find none to pick and save. So I know you got food. Amen. So what? It'll be a limited time. Yes, it's unprecedented, but it should not be scary to you and me. This too shall pass.